Well, this is a great day of the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad therein of this glorious day that God has made. Can we? <clears throat> Appreciate the presence of the Lord this morning and all of you this year today. I'd like to take your Bible and turn to Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 3. And we're going to share something here this morning of the living word of God. Good blessed the Lord. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold my leg, and whom my soul delighted, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, or cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench, for he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. We're going to share with you the Holy Ghost now this morning from that verse, a smoking flax shall he not quench. We're going to title this this morning, The Smoking Flax Becomes a Flaming Fire. A flaming fire. Throughout the scriptures, God has miraculously raised up people that seem like they've gone too far. But I want you to know that God is a God that helps people to recover. That's what he's here for. That's why he came to this earth, to help us to recover. As Jonah cries in the belly of a whale, he said, I am cast out from the Lord's sight. Well, I mean, you would say that if you was in down in that belly of that whale. And uh, there was still some smoke there. As long as there's some smoke, how many know there's hope? He's not going to put it out. Then Jonah says in Jonah 2 and 4, Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. When he began to praise God in the belly of the whale, the Lord had that whale to spit him out upon the dry land. The wonderful blessings of God. He brought this man alive, and he went and brought a revival, a great awakening among the Ninevehs that God had promised that he was going to destroy. He brought a revival. There is light, flaming fire. Even though it's a smoke there, one day God can bring it what? Alive again. We have another scripture that says in Songs of Solomon, I sleep, says the church in the Songs of Solomon, but my heart woke up. You may be asleep today, but I want you to know that God can wake you up. Our loved ones and friends may be asleep today. It seems like they have not forgot God. But I tell you, they're going to wake up. We're glad to have Frankie Hopper with us here today, all the way from Alaska. He come to visit his family, and he's going to be here a few days, so he come to church here today. But my heart waketh up. They was asleep, Brother Clayton. 
the church was and the songs of Solomon. But he said they woke up. Only God can wake up a person. All the counseling in the world cannot wake up a person. But it takes the Spirit of God to wake that person up. Because counseling, a lot of times, all it does is appeal to the natural man. But the Spirit appeals to your soul. And once He wakes your soul up, things are going to be different when He wakes us up. David said some things. I said in my haste, I'm cut off before thy eyes. Sometimes we all say things in haste, don't we? Especially when things might be going right, we say things in haste. Things we wished we had not have said. David said, I said these things in haste. I'm cut off from him. I get a call from a person every once in a while. I said, I want you to pray for me. I said, I get mad and I throw fits and I tell God I hate him. Will he forgive me? I said, he'll forgive you. Amen. I said, you shouldn't do that, but you should repent. She said, oh, I repent. But I want you to know there's some smoke there. God can bring it to a flame of life. So David said, in my haste, I said these things. There is smoke there. But he says in Psalms 31 and 22, Nevertheless, thou hast heardest me, and thou heard the voice of my supplication, See, he repents. And once he repents, he comes alive again. As long as there's smoke, God is not going to quench that smoke. It may not look like it's never going to amount to anything, but I tell you, with God breathing on it, it became a flaming fire of the blessings of God. We're glad to have Johnny Watkins today. He's been fighting at Covis and also... Uh, we're just glad to have y'all all back, been fighting that COVID. Just glad you overcame it, overcame it. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. The smoking flags become a flame of fire. Great grace is mingled with corruption in the church. Jesus had a devil. How many know that you're going to have a devil? Hmm? You're going to have a devil tormenting you. He said, well, I thought I was free of that. No, I'm telling you, he come back to torment you. If the head suffered afflictions and persecution and trouble, I guarantee you the body can expect the same thing. If we expect we're going to get through this life without suffering, we're greater than Jesus. The head suffers, so the body's going to do what? Suffer. But thank God. We're going to come through it. Amen. We're going to come through this wonderful blessings of God upon us. Listen to what Paul says in Romans. Oh, wretched man that I am, says Paul. Romans 7, he felt like a wretched man. He just felt so bad. But then at the end of Romans 7, 24, he said, Yet he breaks into praise and thanksgiving unto God. I would encourage everybody to break into thanksgiving and praise unto God. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. 
all you people to be a doer of the word. God loves to hear people sing and worship and praise him and clap their hands, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He breaks out in praise, Paul does. He must have had something really inside of him in the prison. Shackles and chains, his head in stock and his feet in stock and his back are bleeding, but he breaks out in praise. What happened when he broke out in praise? The jail began to shake. The doors fell off. I tell you, when you start praising the Lord, when you don't feel like it, I guarantee you some things will start falling off. You'll feel joy. You'll feel good. You'll feel things that you can't feel no otherwise except when you praise and sing unto the Lord. A smoking flax becomes a flaming fire. A flaming fire in our lives. Oh, my, the smoking flax, the goodness of God. You know, Thomas said, unless I touch, I think sometimes he might have got a bad rap, but he said, unless I touch the nails, scars in your feet, in your hand, in your side, I won't believe. There was a smoking flax there. But God said, I tell you what I'll do. I want you to become a flaming fire. I want you to believe Reach your hand in here and touch. And when he touched those scars, no wounds, he said, my Lord and my God. He knew then that he had met the resurrection Savior. He became a flame of fire for the kingdom of God. What about the two men on the road of Emmaus? They was heartbroken. Jesus walked with them. He opened the scriptures and he talked to them. And the Bible said in their hearts burn with inside them because of the word of God. They became a flame of fire for him, the wonderful blessings of God. So we want to have the blessings. Our biggest trouble in this world is not on the outside. Can I have an amen? Our trouble is not what's going on in the world. Our trouble is what's going on in here. Rebecca told her husband Isaac in Genesis 27, said, I'm troubled with terror in the house because of Heth, H-E-T-H, is a woman that Jacob had married and born children and brought into the house of Isaac, and therefore Rebecca was. And that woman was in there causing trouble. Listen, your worst enemy is not outside there. Your worst enemy is in here. Rebecca's problem was inside of her. We blame people. We blame this. We blame that. But I guarantee you, the problem is health, H-E-T-H, terror in the house. If she would have done and cast terror out, things would have been a little different. She wouldn't have been having all that in her side, inside of her. Genesis 27 and 46, I think I misquoted that. Psalm chapter 1, it mentions fruit before it mentions the leaves. In Israel, the fig tree bears fruit first, then comes the leaves. That's why Jesus went by and the fig tree looking to get something to eat. It already had what? Leaves. It should have had fruit first. 
Fruit is what God looks for on the inside of us. It's not how much prosperity you have on the outside and how much leave and how much you've accomplished in this world. We have to be careful at Christian about pride. Sometimes we like to tell how what we have accomplished and what we have and how God has used us. We have to be careful about that because pride slips in and God hates pride. So Jesus looks for what first? Fruit. He wants to find fruit in our lives. He's not so much concerned about how much prosperous we are is he concerned about the fruit that is in our lives, that he can blow on us and cause us to bear forth fruit. Fruit is never for us. The branch never bears fruit for itself. It bears fruit for people coming by can eat. And that's what God has called the church to do, is to bear fruit, not for us, but for other people where they can see. This wonderful blessings of God. So he wants us to have fruit in our lives. He wants to blow on us until he can bring forth fruit. You know, the man went one time. Elijah said, go look and see what you see in the sea. He went and come back and said, don't see anything. You can hardly ever read a scripture one time and get what it means. You, you can hardly ever do that. You can hardly ever have a, just a Bible study and read the Scripture and get anything. you got to go seven times. It means you've got to meditate. You've got to muse over it. You've got to think about it. You've got to pray and ask God for the meaning and what is inside there. The servant didn't see a rain or hear a rain. But if you notice, if you read that carefully, Elijah said, I hear abundance of rain before he ever saw the cloud. Faith sees when nothing else can see. Tonight at midnight, you can go outside, you can't see the sun. But the sun is still there in the same position, right? Some of you shaking your head. The sun doesn't move. The earth moves. So what is happening, you find this also in Isaiah, the earth moves and hides the sun. You cannot always go by your feelings serving God. Sometimes you feel like a shout. Sometimes you don't feel like a shout. But the just shall live by faith. So when the sun is still in its same place, it never moves. But the earth moves and hides the reflection of the sun. But God is always with us in the darkest hour of our life. And the just has to live by faith and knowing you don't feel the presence of God. That's why a lot of Christians have a problem living for God. If they don't have the presence of God, they want to go over here where the fire is. And once that fire burns out, in that church, they go somewhere else because they're looking for the fire and still looking for the Jesus. You should never pray for the promises of Jesus. You should seek his face first. In your darkest hour, you must learn how to walk by faith. You must know that even though you don't feel or see God, you know he's there. You know he's with you wherever you go. He's there. He's with you. He can take the smoke and flax and turn it into a flame of fire 
what defiles a man, Jesus said, is what's on the inside of him. It's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside defiles a man. Great Awakening Revival. I believe we're going to have the greatest awakening revival this world has ever seen for the coming of the Lord. America has been through several great awakenings of revivals. The first one happened in 1730 to 1770. The newspaper said the church has gone so far she'll never recover. America will never recover. She's gone too far. John Wesley left England on a ship and went to Georgia come back discouraged, broken, ready to give up and quit. Left a bad name in Georgia from his ministry. But as he landed back in England, there was a young man named George Whitfield. 24 years of age, just a young boy, was shaking all of England. He was preparing to go to catch a ship, Brother Johnny, going to Georgia. John Wesley pleaded with him, don't go, because he also felt that America was too far gone. I want you to know longer there's a God on the throne. Even though there's just a little smoke, there's a chance of flaming fire to catch a fire. But young Whitfield felt the call of God. Felt the call of God. He got on the ship and went to Georgia and turned that America upside down. Not George Whitfield, I'll get to that in a minute, but it was the presence of the living God that makes the difference. In Ecclesiastes, said this city was compassed by a great army and no one knew what to do. This great army was fixing to destroy this city, but they found a little old man. He had the answer. He told them what to do, and the city was saved. Sometime in the near future, I don't know how long, you're going to have to have you another pastor. Diane, she's probably going to reprimand me tomorrow about that. But when you look for another pastor, you don't look for somebody's got education. You don't look for somebody that's got experience. You don't look for somebody that's young. You don't look for somebody that's old. You look for somebody that's got the Spirit of God in them. It's only the Spirit of God. It's not but wisdom and not of a flesh thing of the world, but it's the Spirit of God. Wesley failed, but Whitfield was successful because he had the Spirit of God in him. What changes the world and brings revival is the spirit of the living God. No man comes to God unless he's drawn by the spirit of God. No man can be chained except he's chained by the spirit of God. Don't care how far they're gone. They thought America was too far gone. The church was lost. But I tell you, God raised him a young boy and sent him there and sent him over there. And when Whitfield come back to England, he did something that the leader begged him not to do. Don't do what you're about to do. He said, I'm fixing to do it. 
he turned his ministry over to John Wesley. We're not here to be seen. We're here to spread the gospel of the good news of God. How many know it's good news? I tell you, this morning, I'm happy for Christ in my life. I'm glad for what he's did in my life. I'm glad what he's doing in my life today. David said, I will make a boast of my God, what he's done for me and what he's doing for me. The church ought to be boasting what God has done and what he's doing. Mary Magdalene fell down and washed Jesus' feet with her tears, dried them with her hair, and kissed his feet because she was thankful of demonic spirits that was cast out of her. She was the only one at the tomb when Jesus was resurrected. She was the first one to see the resurrection Christ. And the angel says, go tell my disciples and tell who? Peter also. He's smoking flax right now. He's hiding. He's crushed because he denied his Savior. He's hiding. But I tell you, God remembered Peter. I'm not glad that God remembered you one day. Where you was and you failed and you done things you wished you hadn't have done. I want you to know he breathed on you. Genesis 1 and said, and the Spirit of God was moving. Listen, God is a moving today, circling this planet. And he's breathing new life. God spoke to Abraham. The Bible said he fell face down in the dirt. Face down in the dirt. He wondered why God would talk to him. He'd been worshiping idols. He was an idol worshiper. But God showed up and spoke to him and said, Abraham. How many glad that one day God might not have spoke to you in an audible voice, but you knew God spoke to you. Abraham was so thankful that God would speak to him an idol worship that he fell down in the dust. God exalts the humble. The person will humble themselves before God. God will exalt them. He will change the brokenness to a flame of fire. Somebody's useful in the body of Christ. The devil says you can't, but God says I can. Amen? Mary found out she was a virgin, and she went and told Elizabeth, said, I'm fixing to have a child. I'm so thankful. The Lord has chosen, showed me favor. And the Bible said in the, John the Baptist leaped in her womb as he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. The angel had come and said, you're old and past childbearing age, but I've come to bring you good news. I want you to get ready. Angels are going to start coming and speaking to you with good news. You can hear enough bad news in the world, but we need to hear some good news from the throne of glory. And they said, Mary said, and there shall be a performance of the word of God to those that believe. How many believe this morning there's some good news coming your way? Angels are going to appear to you and bring good news. Let me share with you a little bit about dreams. People have dreams. I don't know where there's any old men in here today, old people in here today beside me that people consider me old. But, but I want you to know the Bible said in the book of Joel, old men shall what? 
Come on now, help me out. Shall dream dreams, and young men and women shall do what? I challenge us today to pray that God would do the same thing that he said in joy they did in the book of Acts, that we start dreaming dreams. Listen, people have a dream and they just shove it off. They don't think nothing about it. Write that down and pray over it. And if you believe God and have vision, you young people should be having vision. I don't say that because old men not having dreams. Because I talked to old men and said, that's about all you can do when you get old to dream. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something supernatural from the glory of God from heaven that gives you a dream that will activate your spirit and encourage you and inspire you. He wants to give you a vision that you've never had before, something fresh and new every day of your life. If he did it then, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, he'll do it today. Mary said, there shall be a performance of the word of God to those that believe. Those that believe the wonderful blessings of God. There was a great awakening brought about. Psalms 85 and 6 says, Will thou not revive? David said, Will not thou revive us? And I like the next word. Will you do it again? Huh? He said, Will you not revive us? Will you do it again? How many ready for God to revive the church and the believers and do it again? To set us on fire. Songs of Solomon said the church was asleep. But then it said, I woke up. I woke up. Praise God. Jesus said, I once was dead, but I'm alive now. And I'm alive for what? Oh, the world is dead in the trespasses of sin. But Christ is going to make them alive. David said, will you do it again? There's a song. Will you do it again? Will you do it just one more time? Samson was blind, grinding in the mill. Looked like everything was lost. He failed to do what he was called to do. He was called to deliver Israel of the Philistines. His calling was to kill all them Philistines and set Israel free, but he failed to do what he was called to do. Every individual has a specific calling in the kingdom of God. He failed. He grinded in the mill, blind. His hair is growing out. Consecration is coming back. They lead him out into the huge arena where all of the Philistines would gather together where they could make sport of him. He asked the little lad that led him, said, lead me to the major pillars that hold this whole facility up. Just lead me to them. Oh, God. He looked up to heaven, and he said, Lord, just, just one more time. He said, I'm not going to ask you again now, but I'm going to ask you just one more time. Let your strength come into me like it's never come before. And the Lord granted his request. I tell you, it looked like this smoking was out. Looked like his career was over with. He said, just let me die with the Philistine. And the Bible said he killed more of the Philistine in that one effort he did all of his life. God is able, willing, eager to bring life where life has disappeared. There was this man 
went to the pastor one day and said, I've been coming to church here all these years. said, all I do is just come to church. I don't do nothing else but come to church. But said, I'm here to tell you today, today I'm going to be different. Today, whatever you need done around here, you call on me and I'm going to come do it. I'm going to be anything and everything. I'm going to just be whatever needs to be done. He did. He became that. He wouldn't miss church service unless he called in and asked for somebody there to take his place because his eagerness, God had set a fire under him, right? God set him alive. There was this other man. His crops began to grow and just become very beautiful, and neighbors began to watch how his crops were growing and everything in his house was just doing so much better. They went to him and said, What are you doing? He said, I got in church. How I many you know you can came, come to church but not be in church? Hmm? He said, I began to get in church. I began to read my Bible every day, and I began to pray. And said, all the time I was doing this, God was working my field. Hallelujah. God was working my cattle. Mm -hmm. What happened when they carried the ark down to Obed-Eden's house? Somebody tell me what happened. Everything he had did what? Psalm said, if you'll do these things, put me first. Everything you have will prosper. He's talking about your spirit got to prosper first. That's what it says in St. John 3rd chapter. It's God's will for you to prosper as your soul prosper. In other words, he wants your spirit first on fire for God. What happened to Obed Eden's house? Everything he had prospered because the presence of God was there. Now, that does not mean you, we are exempt from troubles. You will never live and get to a place in this life that you exempt from problems. You'll never do it. Jesus lived on this earth three years. From the time he was born, he had problems. They wanted to kill him. All sorts of things until he went away. We're not above him. But thank God, in the midst of these problems, we're going to overcome them. Only those that's going to eat the good of the lamb is those that overcomes. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We are conquerors. Conquerors. We can conquer this. Praise God. I remember, I, don't, I guess Cindy and might have left, but anyhow, I remember several years ago, many years ago, Watley went through a big change. And, and things began to happen. And they began to tell her what was going to have to happen in her department. It was very devastating. She said it in the Sunday school class. She said, I said, I can handle that. In a few days, they called her and come back to the office and said, we've changed our mind. We're not going to do that to your department because the right attitude changes things. God can change a smoke unto a flaming fire. He changes things. Let me read that again. Will thou not revive us and revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Our rejoicing ought not to be in this present things of the world that we have, but our rejoicing ought to be in him and what he does for us and how he blesses us. Psalms 138 and 7 he says this, 
Though I walk in the midst of trouble, though I walk in the midst of trouble, God will revive me. How many believe that when you're in trouble, God will revive you? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thy rod, that's the word, and thy staff, the Holy Ghost, will comfort me. He will bring forth life again. He'll bring forth life again. We have to look for good things to happen and expect good things to happen in our lives. There's going to be a performance of the Word of God, a great performance of the Word of God. We read in the book of Habakkuk, the third chapter, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and I was afraid, O Lord God, revive. God has to do the reviving. God has to do the work. Unless God builds the house, the personal labor is in vain. And guess God keeps the house, the personal labor is in vain. It's the Spirit of God in here keeping this house. He said, revive. Revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of these years, make them known and remember mercy. God is a merciful God. I'm telling you, mercy is renewed and fresh every morning. There's a book in the Psalms, every verse talks about the mercy of God. Every mercy, every morning, the mercy of God is fresh. God says in Ezekiel, can these dry bones live again? Can somebody so dead in sin ever rise again? Somebody that's went so far from God, can they rise again? Prophesy. Moses said, I would to God, I would to God that everybody would prophesy. Even the book of Corinthians wants every saint to do what? Prophesy. Speak over your life what you want to see happen in your life. Job says, decree a thing and it will happen. David said, I decreed and it happened. When you decree and prophesy. The good things of God. Our nation and world are in desperate need of a new awakening of God. The giver of new life and spiritual vitality. Psalm 66 and 12 said, Thy has brought us out. He talks about the rivers. The troubles and the trials and finding Isaiah what all they had been through. But said he brought us out in a land of wealth. The first wealth is your spiritual life. Then these other things will be added as we make sure God is first in our lives. Putting God first in our lives. Smoking flax become a flaming fire. Isaiah 54 and 16 said, Behold, 
I have created the smith. The word smith there means a stirrer and a mover. Moving that bloweth the coals into fire. The smith back then took a long hollow tube and blew in it on the coals. Peggy and I visited a place, a glass factory one time. I forgot what stage that was. It doesn't matter. They took this glass tube, put it in their lips, and stuck it down in melted glass, lava boiling. And there, it's amazing what they could put up out of there and blow and shaped. Some of the most beautiful gifts you ever looked at, different colors, how they blow. And that's what he's talking about. He bloweth into your spirit. God is a spirit. He blows his spirit into our spirit. Though it may be dry and dead, it does look like it can live again. It never live again. The devil is our accuser of us day and night. Amen? Some people said, I wonder why I'm having so much trouble with the devil. He's accuser. Not that you've done anything. He's accusing you. He's a liar and the father of all lies. The lady got into church one time, didn't know much about God. She stood up and testified and said, well, the Bible said in the Lord created the crooked snake. He created him. He didn't create him crooked. He turned crooked. This lady said he's a, he, he, I can't remember exactly what she said, but anyhow. The Bible said the devil is the father of all lies. I believe she said that Satan's father is a liar. That wasn't true, see, because God is not a liar. She just had it mixed up. But he's going to accuse you. He's going to try to be the heft in your life, causing terror. Submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from us. Genesis 1 and 2 again, and the Spirit of God is moving. He's blowing inside of us. He's blowing life. He's blowing joy and peace into our lives. It is God himself who's doing the blowing. Isaiah 44 and 3 said, And thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left hand. Then he said, You'll break forth on every side because he's blowing life into you. In verse 4, and God said, I shall, I shall forget all of your shame. I'm going to forget everything that you've done was shameful. I'm going to forget it. Go in the second mile and looking unto God. Let us close with this about George Whitfield. He turned his ministry over to John Wesley. Then pleading with him not to do it. But listen what he says. When the fathers protested Whitfield's decision, he said, let my name be forgotten. Let me be trotted on the feet of all men. If Jesus, therefore, shall be glorified. 
He didn't want to be remembered. He wanted Christ to be glorified. Let us look above names and parties. Let us look only to Jesus because he is our all and we're in all. Our care not who is the uttermost. I know my place. And my calling is to be a servant to all. The more they ridiculed him, the more his fame grew. He did not want to be recognized. He wanted only Christ to be recognized. We're going to see people come we thought would never would come. God is no respecter person. He's a blowing. He does not slumber nor does he sleep. He's bringing new life back. The Bible is full of them where it looks like everything was gone. He's not going to just use men and women, boys and girls. He's going to use them all. You take in the book of Judges. And Gideon says, if this God is what you say he is, where's all the miracles and signs and wonders? I want you to notice where he was. But the angel said, you go and go in your strength. Use what you have right now, Gideon, and I'll bless it. If you'll just go and use what you got right now, I'll bless it. That's what Gideon did. He went what he had right then. And God blessed it. He was a smoke, but it became a living fire. And Deborah called on Barak to go to war. Barak says, I'll do what? I'll go, but I'm not going without you. Women in those times, if somebody wanted to marry your daughter, they might give you five ponies and you'd give them to your daughter. That's how much women was worth. But Deborah tells Barak, you're not going to get the honor. You're not going to get any credit for going to battle. You will win, but you're not going to get any credit. A woman's going to get the credit. Someone that we might th never think of that God will raise up. This wicked king ran in her tent, this lady's tent, tired and weary, but in her wisdom and knowledge, she made him a soft bed. She gave him a good drink of sweet milk. When I was a kid coming up, they thought that would put you asleep, a glass of sweet milk at night. That would just put you out. She gave him a glass of milk, and he laid there, wearied and tired, lay in a nice, comfortable bed, and went to sleep. She got the tent mall and a tent stake and stuck it into his temple right there and drove his head into the ground. You said, how horrible that is. I'm telling you, we got an enemy that will destroy you if you don't destroy him. If you don't cast him out of your house, he's going to cause you trouble. 
I'm not talking about casting people out of your house. I'm talking about the spirit that causes that problem. Fulfilling Deborah's prophecy that she got the credit. That woman in the tent got the credit because she was the one that delivered. Never underestimate what God can do through you. I'm going to close with this. It only comes by faith. We must believe and act on what God says we are. I have a hard time doing that. But by the grace of God, I'm going to act on what God says that we are. And by faith, we will have what God says we are. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you sent your Son down here. We thank you for the shed blood that cleanses us from all of our sins. We thank you for your stripes that heals us from all of our disease. We're thankful for those that you're bringing in from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. We thank you that they're going to break forth from all sides in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and you alone get all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.